the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, graduate of Second City, and a Saturday Night Live historian and uh, expert. Each week, we will look back at everything SNL the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind the scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And on this episode, we are going to concentrate on Goober the Clown. Goober the Clown uh, was uh, a weekend update feature sketch that was co-written and performed by Cecily Strong on Weekend Update. Uh, and it was on November 6th, 2021. That would be season 47, episode five. Your host that night was Kieran Culkin. Your musical guest was Ed Sheeran. And it was a very funny episode, a very solid episode. Kieran Culkin was terrific on the show. Had a fantastic monologue. They did some terrific sketches. Um, one about canceling cable, which was really funny. Uh, Ed Sheeran was a fine musical guest. He made the audience happy. And overall, a solid show. Good sketches. Really good, uh, really good host. Um, and a lot of really funny uh, uh, things were on that show. It was a solid weekend update. Overall, a good show, a really solid good show. But the one thing that stood out, the thing that stood out head and shoulders about, above everything else that was on that episode was Cecily Strong's Goober the Clown feature segment that she did on Weekend Update. Um, a f- couple of months earlier, on September 1st, 2021, in Texas... They effectively, you know, effectively banned abortions. Uh, there was a law that was passed um, where abortions were banned at the five-week mark, and essentially abortions were were banned in Texas, which would lead to more of these things happening around the country and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And it was a horrible thing that happened, and uh, people reacted to it. It was sad. It was devastating. It was turning the calendar back years and years and years. And Texas did it on September 1st, 2021. And the reaction, obviously, was widespread. The vast majority of women were appalled by this. Humans were appalled by this. Um, And it was a very sensitive and obviously horrible thing that happened and a topic that really, really cut people to the bone, women especially. And Cecily Strong didn't want to sit by and just allow this to be happening without her saying something about it, without... SNL being this forum that she has where she needed to say something about what happened in Texas on September 1st, 2021, effectively bringing us back to the Stone Age in terms of abortion. So 
she decided that she was going to say something about it, that she wanted to do something about it. And she had a personal investment in this. Uh, she, Cecily Strong, had an abortion uh, when she was 22 years old. And she decided that with what was happening in the world at that time, how things were really, really changing and the clock was going back, not forward. And this horrible thing that happened in Texas regarding abortions needed to be talked about. There needed to be a statement made. And Cecily Strong felt very strongly about making that statement, trying to do it in a funny way and yet telling her personal story about an abortion that she had had. And she wanted it to be personal and powerful and yet funny. And that's a very, very, very hard thing to do. Um, you know, you take on politics, you take on religion. That's a tough thing to do. And SNL did it and does it and still does it uh, effectively sometimes and sometimes not effectively. But that's a very razor thin line that you're going to walk across, especially when it comes to stuff like abortion. Uh, divisive is a very slight term, not a strong enough term for what something like that can do to your audience. But Cecily Strong wanted to do it and she decided she was going to do it. And she created Goober the Clown. And she did it on, again, November 6, 2021. And the result is one of the best segments in the history of uh, Weekend Update, one of the strongest things that any cast member has ever done in the history of the show, and easily the best thing that Cecily Strong ever did on Saturday Night Live. And Cecily Strong, historically, will go down as one of the best female cast members and cast members in general in the history of the show. And her triumph over thousands of amazing and funny and brilliant things that she did on that show but her triumph will always be Goober the Clown. A little background on Cecily Strong. She debuted as a featured player on SNL on September 15, 2012, alongside with Aidy Bryan and Tim Robinson. Uh, and prior to the start of the season 39 premiere, it was announced that she would be a repertory player, along with Aidy Bryant and Kate McKinnon. She would eventually co-anchor Weekend Update um, with Seth Meyers, who was slated to leave SNL to do his own late-night show. And then Strong actually started to co-anchor with Colin Jost on March the 1st, 2014. But prior to the beginning of season 40, Michael Che came in and Jost and Che began uh, co-anchoring. So for a while, she, she co-anchored. Uh, her re return, so, so she was, a, she, at, at that point, just was a regular sketch uh, writer and uh, you know, a, a cast member who would appear on Weekend Update no longer as an anchor, but she would do features and characters on Weekend Update and write great sketches and basically stay on for years as one of the best female cast members ever. For Strong's return in season 48, it was her 11th season. It made her the longest tenured cast member, uh, passing Kate McKinnon, who had held that. Uh, that uh, uh, she matched uh, uh, Kate McKinnon's record for most uh, uh, episodes, and then she passed it at mid-season. Uh, Strong missed several uh, episodes uh, of SNL during the 2020s. Uh, she missed the first half of 40, season 46 due to filming uh, Schmigadoon. She returned for the December 5th, 2020 episode. She also missed January episodes of season 47 due to her being in the New York edition of the Broadway play The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, which was Lily Tomlin's one-woman show. And then she would do that in L.A. as well. But she returned... Uh, stayed on the show in, in season 48, and she left. Her last episode was December 17, 2022, with Austin Butler hosting. And they did a very nice uh, goodbye to Cecily Strong. So she spent 11 seasons as a cast member and writer on the show. Did significantly amazing work. Um, and um, is, it will go down in history as one of the cast, best cast members ever. But what she did on November 6th, 
2021, when she appeared as Goober the Clown on Weekend Update, is spectacular and special. Not only was it timely and political and urgent and important and heartfelt and amazing and revealing, but it was also absolutely hilarious. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, And it was, I think, one of the greatest things that I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. You will hear the entirety of the feature bit that she did as Goober the Clown talking about abortion. You will hear that in its entirety. And we're going to talk about how the sketch was created. I'm going to talk about how the sketch was created, who wrote it with her, uh, what happened when she did it, what were the reactions, and what was the sort of like the, the, the aftermath and what people thought and, uh, and the reactions uh, that people had to it and, uh, and the impact that it made, not only on Saturday Night Live, not only the impact that it made at the Weekend Update desk and opened the doors for other people to do more personal things as features on Weekend Update, but also what it did in the world and how many hits it got on YouTube and, and how many people responded to it and how many women contacted Cecily Strong afterwards saying thank you and oh my God, this is one of the most revealing and personal and important things I've ever seen. It's one of the best features that's ever been on Saturday Night Live, and Cecily Strong did that on November 6th. Um, so the sketch, the background of the sketch is interesting, and I've got a whole uh, a piece of, uh, of audio I'm going to play here, a couple of pieces of audio I'm going to play here. Um, it was an idea that obviously hatched from Cecily. She felt the need and the urgency to write it, and she decided that she wanted to do it as a clown because she was like, okay, I have to talk about abortion. I'm going to get personal on this because I'm going to talk about an abortion that I actually had, but I got to make it funny. So she thought, maybe I'll dress up as a clown. And she was uh, influenced by a show called The Big Comfy Couch. The Big Comfy Couch was broadcast out of uh, Quebec. Um, And it was a Canadian children's series, which starred a clown named Lunette and her doll Molly. And they would solve everyday problems. Um, And it aired from March of 1992 through December of 2006. It came back and aired a few more times. Um, and it was also broadcast on the Treehouse TV show up until 2011. So this was a show that aired for uh, you know, 20 years or so on, Canada, on Canadian television. It made it to American television as well. But it was called The Big Comfy Couch, and the clown was named Lunette. And if you look at the makeup that Goober the Clown is wearing as Cecily Strong plays that character in the abortion uh, feature that she does on Update. It's very, very similar. It's a complete knockoff of Lunette the Clown from Big Comfy Couch. Lunette the Clown was played by Allison Court, um, and she had uh, been a part of public television. She appeared in uh, Sesame Street Presents Follow That Bird. She uh, was also in the animated series Beetlejuice. She did voices for X-Men. She uh, did the original voice for the Resident Evil, uh, v- you know, series of, of uh, video games. And she, was a, she, she did a lot of voice work, and she had a fantastic voice. But Allison Court played, uh, she played Lunette um, uh, on this show, The Big Comfy Couch. And this is where Cecily Strong got the look and kind of the feel for the clown that she would play. So that's where that came from. Um, Variety, Variety Magazine... Uh, wrote a piece about how important this particular uh, sketch was, this particular feature that, that, uh, that she did was. Um, and so uh, I have some audio there. She did an interview with, Cecily Strong did an interview with Variety, along with former co-head writers Anna Drazen and Kent Sublett. And Kent Sublett and Anna Drazen uh, helped form this piece for her, helped form the monologue, helped form the feature for Goober. 
uh, the clown, Cecily Strong, came to Anna, uh, the co-writer, the co-head head writer, and said, look, I, I, I need to talk about what happened in Texas, and I need to share my story, and I need some help writing it. So Anna wrote it with her. Kent came in, polished it, and helped out with it. So Cecily Strong came up with the idea for Goober the Clown to share her personal story about abortion. And she brought in Anna and Kent, the co-head writers of SNL at the time, and they put it together. In an interview that Cecily, Anna, and Kent did for Variety, this is them talking about how the sketch came to be, how the character came to be, and how much Cecily Strong put of herself and her personal life into it. So here's kind of the origin and the writing and the first part of the performance of Goober the Clown with Anna Dresden, Kent Sublet, who were co-writers of SNL at the time, and the great Cecily Strong. And this was with Variety magazine, um, and this was a, a feature they did uh, a few years back. I wanted to talk about women's health care and specifically abortion. I think I wanted to be able to talk about it the entire time I've been on the show and, and never quite figured out how, and especially abortion, it's hard to find comedy. It's hard to talk about in general, but I've always been very vocally pro-choice and pro-healthcare, I would hope, but I had not spoken about my own experience. Cecily came to both of us with this idea basically fully formed and um, coming at it from a her own experience in a very personal way, because like, this is a, a thing that affects people's lives that you don't talk about that the narrative that's constructed around it just doesn't represent the way that most people who've had an abortion feel about it, which is like, phew, thank God. And of course, a abortion is always in the news. You know, there's always some states trying to limit access for women's reproductive decisions. I guess because it was finally going to the Supreme Court and now a very real possibility that Roe is going to be overturned. I was up late every night just writing and writing and writing things that I wasn't going to do anything with. And it was like, well, I'm either going to keep writing this nonsense and never sleep again, or I'll just have to say something on the show. It was one of those weeks where it felt like it had to be addressed in some way. And I got a text from Cecily saying that you know, she and Anna were going to work on this piece. And I was immediately like, oh, please let me be some part of it, even if it's very tiny. And I will be the first to say like, this was all Cecily and Anna. Um, uh, but it, it, I just immediately knew that that was something that I would love to you know, be involved with. The first draft of this was like 14 pages and I sent it to Kent and Cecily and was like, I have to lie down and goodbye. And I was, I didn't see it until table. It was like, I need a freaking break because I'm so upset um, that this is, it would be like if sandwiches became illegal. I'm like, oh, I feel like most people have had one. You know, we wrote it on Tuesday before table read on Wednesday, and I was very nervous about how it would play at the table. It really went well on Wednesday, and Kieran Culkin, who was hosting that week, I remember, was so supportive. It made me love him so much immediately. And he was laughing so much. And after he said, he was like, you've got it. You're doing the clown on the show, right? It was a very emotional thing to, you know, see get written. Um, but there was also this funny, weird part of it that was like, okay, I have to call props and like, we want a squirting flower. Yeah, Kent and Cecily were perfect at like, is it like a farting flower or like, a, <laughs> like what can shoot water? I think there are laughs that come from like 
presentational normal comedy where people understand there's a fourth wall and you're making a joke and ha 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 and then there are laughs that come from oh shit something is happening in the room right now I just love having the in-studio audience because people are really smart and can tell when that is happening Cecily has such a, a sway over audiences and her passion just really comes through in the past before and it's you know doing comedy on tv I think I am sort of a clown. It's me talking about myself too. I also think that it spoke to a thing that Cecily definitely felt, I'm sure me and Kent have felt in a lot of people who are having to like make comedy or anything light during these unprecedented times <laughs> that it captured the feeling of I'm being a clown while this intense thing is happening and I don't know how to do both. And it was kind of cathartic and nice to have someone say it without having to like put it in subtext. It was nice to just say it out loud. It's a topic that because of, you know, the stigma that's unfairly placed on it, nobody wants to talk about how much further laugh at it. A clown is a way to sneak it in. And if anything, it's like we can do a couple clown gags. And then if it's, if the thing is dying, at least I have a spinning tie. There I was. The reason he calls me Cecily in the middle of it was again to just, I guess, for that meta, so you know, this is me and I'm the clown and this is my experience. And like, no, don't call me Cecily. I'm playing a character. I could have dressed as myself, but I was dressing as a clown because it wouldn't have felt comfortable to just be myself. And again, like there's a protection in it too. Like, I'm just a clown. You can't get mad at me. <laughs> I'm wearing a red nose. I know I look ridiculous. It's just like, and this is what I have to do to say this. And I wish I didn't have to do that. Fighting for abortion rights, it's up there with one of the most exhausting, you know, it's like, there's never been a day you can take a day off. It's exhausting to have to explain your own decision. You know, like how many times do you have to go, would you like to hear about my sex life or something very personal when I was 22 years old? Do, do you need to know that information? Why would I need to share that with anybody else? And calling any kind of like human equality politics is also exhausting. That you're like, no, where the money gets spent on which road is politics. If I have a right to exist and like go to work or be a mother and when is not politics. That's a little bit of um, what went into the actual writing of it, the idea behind it. And those voices, again, Cecily Strong, Anna Dresden, and, uh, and Kent uh, Sublet, uh, who were both uh, co-head writers at the time of SNL. They put the whole thing together. And a little response of what it was like, you know, um, uh, you know, as they were putting it together, as it was getting closer to showtime. And then uh, and this is uh, a, little bit of, uh, a little bit more from uh, everybody here, Anna, Kent, and Cecily talking about um, the execution, the reaction, and the impact of Goober the Clown. And this, again, was from uh, an interview they did with Variety a few years back. It's one of those moments you have at SNL where the audience, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like this excited energy that you feel them joining you halfway and like yeah. getting it and enjoying it and being mad and sad and laughing and then just like especially being in total control of all of that there's the table and then there's the run through and then dress and then air so we did it four times total and it sort of was the same every time where people they start out kind of confused where it's like well, this seems 
like this could go wrong a thousand <laughs> ways. You can't do that. I wasn't really paying attention to how it was playing. I'll be honest. It was just kind of like, go, 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 you know, but it wasn't really until afterwards watching it and hearing how people had responded that there was a, a moment where it clicks in for a lot of people that it's like, oh, she's talking about herself. I was really happy with how it turned out and, and how people heard it. You know, there's so much stigma around abortion, which I guess is part of the reason I felt like I had to do it, where it's like, I didn't want to be yelling at anyone or preaching, but just saying, this is how common it is. And someone you love has had an abortion. And the point is with abortion is that it's personal, you know, and that it is your personal, it is privacy in the end, and it isn't something you want to share. And it should feel weird to have people have to share it with you. There's that. And then also I had worked at Planned Parenthood in 2008, 2009, and I was a receptionist and I opened the mail. And so I'd read all the hate mail and I, you know, we got a bullet in the mail. And when I was working there, Dr. Tiller was murdered. I was upset that I was scared because I, I felt brave doing it. And then I felt like, I wish I didn't feel scared because I want to feel powerful in this moment, but I, <laughs> that's absolutely a universal experience. Even doing Goober, then all of a sudden, you know, my mom's talking to me about any of her experiences, my stepmom, people I work with, all of a sudden you realize there's so many of us. It's just like a thing that you are so used to not sharing. This is for people who have had abortions or people who are just people to feel more normal about it or people who are going to have them or people who are thinking about having it. I've never been like, wow, this comedy really going to change the world. It's more like if people feel um, guilty or on the fence or just like alone or weird when they think about it, it's like, you don't have to. It's crazy because it is as common as it is and is as secret as it is. And most important comments for me were from people who said from another clown. And I remember um, I got one letter, then this woman said, that must have been hard and thank you for doing it. I'll never be able to do it. If anything, I thought so many people maybe today on that Sunday are having a conversation that they didn't think they'd get to have. This is why I stayed another year at SNL. Even though it's scary, it's like, that's why we did it. This is the thing I'm most proud of. I wouldn't say like, this is the funniest or anything like that, but in terms of having a platform and in terms of writing something and without having a lot of time and did you say what you wanted to say did you say enough did you say too much it felt like a good mix uh we got a lot of support i'm happy with how it turned out and um it is i'm i'm really proud of it and i'm proud of the show and i'm proud to be part of a show that we can do that so that's uh that's a, a background on it um an interview that she did uh, along with the the co-head writers of snl and that's Cecily Strong talking about uh, the impact that um, this sketch, this very personal sketch that she wrote and performed, uh, had on her. Um, and the, the impact that it had and the reaction and the aftermath uh, was pretty stunning. Um, millions and millions of hits on YouTube the day after and in the days following. Uh, she did a lot more interviews. Um, it, made a, it made a huge impact. People were talking about it. Without question, the most impactful thing that Cecily Strong had ever done on the show um, at a time when it needed to be said, and it was timely as hell. It was, uh, this was happening all over the country. What was happening in Texas, obviously, would, would continue. Um, and so it became, historically, one of the most important things that, uh, 
that she had done on SNL. And I think one of the most important things that, uh, that they've ever had on Weekend Update uh, in the history of the show. Um, the reactions have been were, were amazing. She did a ton of interviews about it. Uh, she would come back later, uh, uh, you know, on the show before she had left to do a variation on that as a truck driver. And it was just as powerful and just as funny. But again, she played a wacky truck driver with, uh, you know, uh, uh, props on stage and sort of visual comedy gags to cut the tension and to cut the, you know, the 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 controversy, if you will, or how hard it is to get people to actually listen if you're going to do comedy about such things like abortion. Immediately people shut down. It's a very controversial topic to talk about and to joke about, but it's important, and it's important for people to understand um, what's going on in this country and, and, and how it has affected people. So uh, she did this amazing thing, and then she appeared everywhere, and the results were amazing. I, I do want to read a little bit from a Vox piece that was written. Um, there's an idea particularly uh, popular with some comedians that the very point of comedy is to say the unsayable, to push the boundaries and the envelopes by articulating uncomfortable truths. And that's what Cecily Strong did. Uh, saying uh, the presumably unsayable is often just a thing that male comics do. You know, guys like Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. But for a woman to come out and do this, for a woman uh, you know, uh, like Cecily Strong to come out and do this, it was kind of uh, amazing. I mean, you expect it from these guys like Bill Burr and, you know, um, and, 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 and Joe Rogan and Bill Maher and all these guys to, to, to say these controversial and often really fucking stupid things. But for somebody like Cecily Strong to come out and do that on the same level and have the same power that these guys have when they're talking about controversial subjects, it was eye-opening and amazing. For the most part, Saturday Night Live has sidestepped the tendency uh, to doing straightforward a uh, comedy like that. Cecily Strong's clown abortion sketch for SNL, where she played Goober the Clown, um, may well go down as the starkest political critique in the show's history. And what becomes clear over the course of the bit uh, that this may well be Strong's own personal anecdote, the difference between clown gags and what's, what she's really talking about is that's the, the, the razor's edge that she's walking on. Um, on one level, her sketch plays directly into the hands of people that think that modern comedy has lost its edge, that woke culture has changed the art form, and there's, it's just humorless and political lectures. But on another level, Strong shows that comedy can not only withstand political lectures, but also can be made stronger by them if well done. Um, there's something about clown abortion that, in, that evokes laughter, which she says many times during, during the piece. The contrast between Strong's clown antics and the topic that she's discussing, um, along with her clear emotional investment in the narrative, um, it becomes a way to emphasize serious stakes for people that, that, that have or don't have uh, access to safe abortions. Um, it's, 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 there's a rawness to it. The sketch unforgettably illustrates that we're sometimes pushed to treat abortion like it's something unspeakable, like it's a tragedy or a mark of permanent shame or both in an environment where this topic is so stigmatized uh, that you can't even have a debate. It becomes impossible to have a debate. So put on some clown goggles, wear a spinning bow tie, and shoot some water out of a, out of a, out of a flower, and you can get away with saying it. The sketch doubles as a response to Dave Chappelle's philosophy of comedy that other comedians have arguably and passionately uh, use targets of a joke to learn to laugh at themselves, but Strong frames the sketch around the concept of empathy and kindness, um, and it's something that uh, that you don't see that you that you've not seen. So, 
you know, stepping in among the guys who are saying all these controversial things, stepping up and saying that this woke thing is not really, you know, when it's when comedy is edgy and well done and has something to say, it's not woke. You're actually making a statement. Controversial comedy is not dead. Comedy about statements and about important politics and about personal, really controversial subjects and life. That's not dead. It's not dead. We are not living in a woke culture. We are not canceled. Um, It does get annoying sometimes when you are not allowed to say certain things or when everybody judges you for saying something or, you know, God forbid, saying a sentence that seems politically incorrect in these very, very, very sensitive times. But it can be done and it should be done. And she did it. She appeared on The View uh, being interviewed. She was uh, uh, actually promoting uh, the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe, which she played in New York and she did in L.A. And she toured the country with um, where she was doing the one woman show as uh, you know, that Lily Tomlin did with Jane Wagner directing. Um, and she did a magnificent job in uh, the search for, for signs of intelligent life, a magnificent job. And there are few female cast members in the history of SNL who could have pulled off that incredibly challenging and overwhelming one-woman Lily Tomlin show. There are a few people more than, than, other than Cecily Strong who could have done it. And she did a fantastic job. And while she was on the road promoting the Lily Tomlin uh, one-woman show that she was doing, she stopped at The View, and they brought up Goober. Cecily, in the wake of the Texas law uh, banning abortion after just six weeks, you wrote and performed a funny but personal sketch as Goober the Clown on Weekend Update, and it immediately went viral and has since racked up over six and a half million views online. Take a look. Okay, Colin, here's my truth. I know I wouldn't be a clown on TV here today if it weren't for the abortion I had the day before my 23rd birthday. Clowns have been helping each other end their pregnancies since the caves. It's gonna happen, so it ought to be safe, legal, and accessible. We will not go back to the alley. I mean, the last thing anyone wants is a bunch of dead clowns in a dark alley. Goober the clown, everyone. Now, people have called it a brilliant political critique and an instant classic. Why did you decide to share that? And how do you feel about the overwhelming reaction to it? Um, I was, I'm certainly, I'm still surprised and sort of moved by um, the reaction and, and some private messages people have sent me and a lot of women who say, I'm the only one they'll, they've ever told or will tell. Uh, and so that still really moves me. And I think it was, I was so, I had so much anxiety and frustration and it was like, I'm either going to write every night paid essays for nobody, or I can finally just put this on the show. And uh, luckily I, I went to Anna Dresden and Kent and right away the show was very supportive. And I think it's the only thing I've ever done where I haven't had any notes. I don't think anybody wanted to give us notes. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to give her notes on that. (laughs) You're not. Um, So that was the response it got. Um, You know, it it, it really touched a lot of people, especially uh, women. Um, And it made a difference. And millions and millions of people, if they did not watch it live, you know, um, on November 6, 2021, then they did watch it the next day or months later or weeks later over and over and over again on YouTube. And they shared it. I did. I shared it with everybody that I knew. Um, and uh, it made a difference. And uh, and she did a pseudo sequel to it, like I said, as a truck driver. 
uh, which was also really powerful and also very funny. But that first Goober the Clown segment that she did is astonishing. Um, and I remember watching it, and I'll tell you my thoughts after I play it. I remember watching it and just being completely blown away by it and watching it and seeing uh, her perform this, and yet there was this edge to what was happening where you could see that she was nervous. You could feel it. You could see that she was nervous, that she was sharing something incredibly personal with millions and millions of people um, and knowing that what she was saying was controversial and knowing that, you know, once you put this out there and once it gets on social media, every jackass with an opinion is going to just zero in on her and go after her. And she knew that she was making herself a target, but also saying something that needed to be said, saying a truth that needed to be expressed and saying something that so many women could not say uh, at a time when it was important to say that. So she risked you know, her reputation, she risked like her, her life, especially on social media and in the world. Uh, you know, this is not an easy thing to talk about, not an easy thing to do, especially an easy thing to joke about. And there are a lot of maniacs out there. And they did come out. They came out of the woodwork. They attacked her incessantly online, as people are prone to do in their anonymity, to go out and just completely plunder and rip people apart who have an opinion different than theirs, especially if it's political or personal or religious of any kind. And the assholes did came out. They, they did come out. They came out in droves. And she weathered that and weathered it beautifully. And the result is, I think, one of the most important and one of the greatest segments that's ever aired on Saturday Night Live in its history. Certainly the best thing that Cecily Strong has ever done. And here it is. This is uh, her appearing um, on Weekend Update. This is November 6, 2021. And this is Goober the Clown. And I'll talk about my reaction to it and how I felt immediately after watching it and the impact, and what it's done for other people. Now, I will say this. Before we play it, I will say this. There have been a lot of things that were personal, uh, that derived from personal stories, that cast members wrote based upon real people, or based upon real events, or based upon things that actually happened to them, things that were important to them. And I'll go through uh, you know, some of the sketches and some of the other uh, pieces that that, you know, that, that cast members have done over the years that were very personal, that they were sharing with millions of people. But none of them approach the, the risk and, 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 and the bravery that it took for Cecily Strong to do this. And I'll tell you about the real stuff, quote-unquote real stuff, that cast members have, did, have done over the years in terms of sketches and in terms of stuff that they did on Weekend Update. But this is, uh, this, this is, this is it. This is Goober the Clown. This is Cecily Strong. Um, and this is, I think, one of the greatest things that's ever aired on, uh, on SNL. Supreme Court heard arguments this week in Women's Whole Health v. Texas about the controversial Texas law that essentially bans all abortions after just six weeks. Here to cheer us up, well, this can't be right, Goober the Clown, who had an abortion when she was 23. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm Goober the Clown! So, Goober, you, you had an abortion when you were 23? <laughs> Slow down. I'm a clown. Let's clown around. Hey, smell this flower. You're not going to squirt me, are you? Oh, I would never. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I had an abortion the day before my 23rd birthday. Okay. It, it seems like you do want to talk about your abortion. Well, actually, I really don't. But people keep bringing it up, so I got to keep talking about freaking abortion. But it's a rough subject, so we're going to do fun clown stuff to make it more palatable. Wee! Hey, who wants a balloon animal? 
You want a giraffe? Jay? Who's Cecily? I'm Goober. And I wish I didn't have to do this, because the abortion I had at 23 is my personal clown business. But that's all some people in this country want to discuss all the time, even though clown abortion was legalized in Clown v. Wade in 1973. Here. Can you stop saying clown abortion? What is this? I don't, it's a worm. I don't know. Hey, hey, did you know one in three clowns will have a clown abortion in her lifetime? You don't, because they don't tell you. They don't even know how to talk to other clowns about it. Because when they do talk about it, if you were a clown who wasn't the victim of something sad like clown cess, they think your clown abortion wasn't a righteous clown abortion. I mean, what the dick is that? <laughs> I don't think you can say that word on the show. What, abortion? Well, I guess kind of. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Colin. We're having fun. Just laugh. Hey, pull my finger. Uh, no. Laugh. I need it. I need you to laugh so hard, like the way I laugh when the doctor asked if I got pregnant on the way over to the clinic because I wasn't very far along. And that is one of my favorite jokes to this day. I love that joke. It's such a good joke. Not like a funny ha-ha joke, but like a funny you're not an awful person and your life isn't over now joke. The best kind. A honka-honka. Good horn. Good horn. Killer <laughs> horn. Not a clown. And in the waiting room, they had a little guest book where all the clowns could write their clown abortion story for the next clown to read it so she wouldn't feel so alone. Awooga! And then years later, you'll be at a dinner with a big group of clowns, and one clown will go out on a limb and say she's had an abortion. And then, like, eight other clowns at the table say they've had an abortion too, because that's how common it is. And then everyone's excited and relieved to be talking about it. Then it's like, wow, we kept this secret for so long despite being so grateful it happened. Honka, honka, honka! <laughs> So, I'm, wait, are, are clowns really women? Excuse me? Wow, okay, Colin Joes thinks women are clowns. Cool. Let me do some helium. Okay, Colin, here's my truth. I know I wouldn't be a clown on TV here today if it weren't for the abortion I had the day before my 23rd birthday. Clowns have been helping each other end their pregnancies since the caves. It's gonna happen, so it ought to be safe, legal, and accessible. We will not go back to the alley. I mean, the last thing anyone wants is a bunch of dead clowns in a dark alley. Goober the clown, everyone. Yeah, better disable comments on this one. So, um, that's it. That's, that's Goober the clown. Um, uh, it's an astonishing piece. Um, and I love at the end when she says, you better disable the comments for this one, and which is what they should have done. Because everybody's got an opinion, and every asshole with a computer or a phone is going to share that with you. Um, the first time I saw this, I remember I was on my couch watching it. Um, and when it ended, <clears throat> I was in tears. I literally was in tears. Um, I was moved by it. I thought it was brilliant and funny. Um, I thought the idea of it, of trying to talk about this subject, to make a statement... But doing it as a clown was a brilliant idea. Um, the goddamn horn didn't work, which for some reason seemed wildly appropriate and also awful at the same time. Her horn was not working, and it just seemed like, hey, here's a little message from above. Your horn's not going to work when you want it to work. But she stepped over that, and you could see it while you're watching her. You can actually hear it in her voice that this was a big, this was a big, big, big thing for her. Um, and you could you could feel it. You could feel the tension in the room as it as it started. 
and she became a little bit more comfortable, and, and Jost was helping her out a lot. And um, also, when she shot the water, not only did the horn not work, but when she shot the water in Joe's face, it screwed up his mic. So the audio, his audio got all screwed up, and he's muffled, and it doesn't sound right. You're picking up most of his audio from the, uh, the crowd mics that are hanging over uh, the desk as opposed to what, the one that he is wearing, which was actually affected by the water. So the, the props tried to screw with uh, Cecily. The water screwed up Joe's mic. The horn didn't work, but that did not stop her. She was nervous. The tie did not spin correctly at one point. So these clown props that were supposed to lighten up the mood or add to the irony of what she was talking about malfunctioned. And on top of that, it still worked. And because of that, it still worked. She was nervous. It was a brave thing to do. And then there were roadblocks set up by the comedy (laughs) that she brought on stage with her. It was one of the bravest things I've ever seen anybody do on Saturday Night Live. I was astonished by it. Uh, My jaw had dropped. I was crying. Um, Later that night, around uh, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., it finally posted on YouTube, as they often do. You know, usually when SNL ends, about an hour afterwards or, you know, a couple of hours afterwards, you can get every sketch on YouTube. And in fact, I know you know that because that's the way that a majority of the people in the world watch SNL now. They don't watch it live. They watch it on YouTube or they watch it on social media or they watch it at NBC.com. Well, when that sketch, when Goober the Clown was finally online, I shared it with everybody that I knew. I posted it on my social medias, on the Facebook, everywhere, Instagram, linked it up, shared it with everyone. I probably watched it that night. I probably watched it, I don't know, 20 times. And every time I watched it, I was moved. And every time I watched it, I, was, I, I laughed my ass off. And I was astonished at the power of it, at the emotion of it, at the bravery that Cecily Strong displayed in doing Goober the Clown. Um, and it, it, it's, in, it's still to this day, just listening to it right here, just listening to it right now, I was moved by it. I've seen it millions of times. I've listened to it. I've read all about it. And I love Cecily Strong one of the best cast members in the history of SNL, and this is her crowning achievement. And it's one of the most important things that's ever been aired on Saturday Night Live. Um, now, a lot of other personal stuff has, been, uh, has happened on Saturday Night Live, things that were based on reality. Like, you know, the, you can go back to the day, like the Olympia Cafe, that's based on the Billy Goat and the Belushi Family Diner. That whole cheeseburger, cheeseburger, that's all based in reality. The whole Will Love Us with uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch, that's based on actual teachers that Rachel Dratch had. Debbie Downer is based on a real thing. Most of Molly Shannon's characters, including Mary Catherine Gallagher, are based on real people that she knew. Um, You know, a lot of cast members have been inspired by real events, real personal things, real people in their lives, and they make characters or sketches out of it. Kate McKinnon, a lot of her stuff was based on that. Eddie Murphy did a lot of personal stuff because he did stand up. And a lot of people who um, are based in stand up, who don't, who, you know, who are on Saturday Night Live or were on Saturday Night Live, that didn't really have like a Second City or a sketch comedy background. They came from stand up. They took stand up, their personal stuff, and they brought it to the show. Eddie Murphy did that. A. Whitney Brown, who was a writer on the show for a long time, he would bring his own personal perspective on the show, editorial kind of stuff. And he would write things. Victoria Jackson would do personal stuff about how she was married to a cop. She would talk about her life, her religion. She would talk about married life. Chris Rock, again, did a lot of stand-up, brought that to SNL. Colin Quinn, uh, when he would do some certain sketches, 
Uh, and, and when he would come on Weekend Update, even when he was angry in Weekend Update, he would bring his personal stories and his personal life to it. Jason Sudeikis did some pieces on, uh, on Weekend Update that were personal. Bill Hader would write sketches that were based on real people and things in the past. Punky Johnson uh, would share the fact that she is gay uh, on Weekend Update and write characters and sketches that were based on her reality. Bowen Yang, uh, who is also the first uh, uh, out, 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 outwardly gay Asian ca- uh, uh, cast member, he would uh, go on to perform and write sketches and write characters and do things on Weekend Update that reflected his personal life. Leslie Jones would do the same thing. Um, she would come on Weekend Update and talk about her personal life and her love life and what it was like to be you know, a black woman in society in the 2000, uh, you know, in the 2010s and 20s. And then Brooks Whelan, uh, who was on the show for one season, but his Weekend Update features, his segments that he did on Weekend Update were really personal. He talked about his tattoos and his love life. He talked about his personal life. And a lot of these people were bringing that to the game. But when Cecily Strong did Goober, what you just heard, she busted a ceiling. She went through a ceiling that nobody had really, really, you know, she busted through a ceiling that was applied and she broke through it. Um, it's the most personal, the most important, the most political thing that anybody has ever done on SNL. And it opened the door for people to get even more personal, especially doing segments and features on Weekend Update. Michael Longfellow, who I had as a guest on uh, just a little while ago, had brought his own personal stories to Weekend Update. Uh, Marcelo Hernandez brought his personal stories, uh, you know, about being uh, Latina, a Latino, uh, and, and, and his personal stories. He brought it to, to the update desk. Devin Walker did the same thing. But the one woman that I think was most affected by this and opened the door completely was Molly Carney. Now, Molly Carney I had on the podcast. You can go back. It's about four episodes ago, four or five episodes ago. I interviewed Molly Carney, who is the first openly non-binary cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live. She did a piece on Weekend Update, um, a feature, um, where she talked about the anti-LGBTQ bills that were happening, that were being passed. And she did a piece about being non-binary, about how she wanted to send a message to the LGBTQ community. Um, And it was a great thing where she was lifted up in a harness and was flying over the weekend update desk. And Molly Carney uh, uh, would have never been able to do that piece, which was a controversial piece, which got her a lot of hate mail, which, you know, them, I'm sorry, them, got them a lot of hate mail. And it was a piece that Molly did uh, that caused controversy, and they were harassed. They knew they would be. Uh, there were as many people that loved it as hated it, and that's the same thing that happened to Cecily Strong. So without Cecily Strong's goober, there wouldn't have been this wonderful piece that Molly did, um, you know, talking about the uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, bills that had been passed and floating beautifully above the Weekend Update desk. So... Um, so it opened the doors for, you know, Molly and Michael Longfellow and Marcello Hernandez, Marcelo Hernandez and Devin Walker and people like Bowen Yang continue this. Uh, and it all kind of goes back to just how raw and open and amazing Goober the Clown was. Uh, Cecily Strong is no longer on Saturday Night Live. She is going to be uh, writing more things. She's making movies. She's probably going to tour more and do more stage work. But her um, contributions to Saturday Night Live over the 11 seasons that she was on are extraordinary. Uh, And at the top of that mountain of great things that she did is Goober the Clown. So 
There it is, Goober the Clown, one of the most important features in the history of uh, Weekend Update and Saturday Night Live. And um, if you've never seen it, well, you heard it, you should watch it, share it with your friends. Um, Seriously, it's historic. Goober the Clown, Cecily Strong. That's a piece of history that SNL should be proud of. So there you go. All right. Uh, Hey, uh, we've got another uh, episode of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast coming up next week. If you would like to send your suggestions, your feedback, your contributions, your comments, 773-417-6948. That's the voicemail for this podcast and my other podcast, the Nick D Podcast. You can also send me an email with your thoughts and comments and and anything you want to say. NickDPodcast at gmail.com will actually reach both uh, those podcasts. Radiomisfits.live is a 24-hour streaming service where you can hear great unheard music and great podcast episodes, episodes like this uh, and my, my other uh, podcast, the Nick D Podcast. You can hear it at Radiomisfits.live. I want to thank Jason Skaggs for doing all the music. I want to thank Ed, uh, Ed Silla, who does everything else. Uh, this podcast wouldn't exist without the great Ed Silla and everybody at Radio Misfits. And Jason Skaggs does all the music, and he does the opening theme that you heard at the beginning, and he does this closing theme right here. Rate and review us on every platform. We want your feedback. Thank you very much, everybody. This is That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I'm Nick DiGilio. We'll see you next time. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow.